0: Welcome to the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners and your host. Our podcast is all about SAP SuccessFactors HCM, the software, the consulting, the industry, but most of all, it's for the benefit of our customers and the whole SAP SuccessFactors community. Okay, so let's get started. Okay, so today's topic is how to find the right implementation partner for you and how to manage them through the project. Um, we've been talking about implementations and uh, we have that's been a recurring theme, I think, since we started this podcast some, I don't know, 71, 72 episodes ago. It's been a long time. Um, but it's, I think, one of the most important things that you can do, right? I, one of my sayings is, if you start the right way, you'll have a better chance of ending up the right way. And I think that Selecting your implementation partners not just um, such an easy thing, right? It's not whoever has the um, you know the lowest bid on the RFP. It's it's a lot more than that. In fact, probably sometimes that lowest bid on the RFP is maybe not the person you want to go with. So anyway, joining me today we have Martin Gillette, Sven Ringling, and Amy Grubb. Hello, everyone.
1: Hey Steve. Bonjour.
0: Bonjour. Yes. And uh, Martin and Sven are uh, over in Europe with probably the hottest temperatures on record, like right, since the uh, 1830s, Martin?
2: That's correct. Ever since uh, they recorded the temperature back in 1833, we yeah. reached the hottest day, which is 40 degrees Celsius. So basically, we're literally boiling down here. So uh, voila, that's the yeah. consequences. Mother Earth's not happy, and some things are moving around. Yes.
0: There you go. Um, okay, so let's get started here so um I think uh Amy, I'd like to start with you and you know your experience because um you know you've you've done a lot of success factors projects, and I'd like to just you know what's what's in your experience you know what are some of the important things for customers to consider when they're selecting an implementation partner?
1: Well, this is a topic that I have absolutely no opinion on whatsoever, <laughs> so. of course not um well, you know, just. Taking myself out of the whole partner ecosphere because I you know was involved in that for quite a while. Um, just as a consultant, um, you know, working with customers, you, you really have to d- understand like what your style is um, as a team. And I personally think that finding um, consultants, partners who match your style, and how you, how you work as a, a team is really important. So there are a lot of partners out there, especially right now, um, lots to choose from, and they're not all created equal um, and nor should they be. So there's definitely um, a large pool to choose from, but that becomes a pro and a con. So I think you know customers need to um, educate themselves um, understand, you know, what it is that they're looking for from their project. Do they need, you know, help with designing their processes, or do they just need someone to implement with them? Um, because again, you, you're going to find kind of full-blown consultants out there who are going to come in and help you design your processes and help you with change management and training, and talk work work with you through success factors configuration to support those processes and then you're going to find um, partners that are just going to come in and you know assume that you already have your processes designed and kind of ask you how you want your system to uh, configure and do that for you so i think that's where i would start is just really understanding as an organization what is it that you need help with and what is your style what's going to work best for you as a team, in terms of working style, communication style, dynamics, mm-hmm. um, that's going to really help you whittle down your you know, short list really quickly.
0: Sure. So know yourself, know what you need before you go. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like it could be multiple implementation partners too, right? So you wouldn't want to, you, you don't necessarily need to look for one who can handle everything.
1: Right, you know, and I think especially depending on what you're implementing, so if you're implementing full suite, um, kind of, you know, what I've seen in the market is, I don't know that there's one partner out there who is strong across the board in everything, so, you know, find a partner who's really, really strong on employee central and employee central payroll, if that's what you're doing. Um, And then, you know, find, I think with the talent modules, there are a lot of partners, um, you know, who really kind of, um, it's a different approach, right? So what you, what you need from a partner in an employee central implementation is probably a lot different than what you need if you're, you know, implementing succession and development, for example, or learning. So find the, find the right partner for for the modules that you're implementing and who can support and complement your team and just make sure that they can all play well together in the sandbox. Um, You know, and I've, I've come into situations like that where I've you know had clients where they're working with another partner for another module and you know, that that's fine. I don't care. Like, you know, there's, there's enough for everybody to go around. You just have to find, if you're going to do that approach, you have to find partners that are okay working with each other and understand that, their ultimate goal is to make the client successful. And so they need to play nice together to make that happen.
0: Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that's been my experience too, but Sven, I wanna ask you a question though, cause I think that you've dealt with this before too. You know, I've, I've come across customers who don't want to have that sort of suite of implementation partners, you know, specialized for this, specialized for that. They want <clears> throat> one throat to choke or uh, Positive way to say that, I guess, is one hand to shake. So, um, you know, what, what do you think about that, Sven? You know, the managing multiple partners versus having one primary uh, firm that can either do everything for you or handle all the other firms for you.
3: Yeah, I think to, to be honest, um, if you find the right set of partners, as Amy said, some, some who can work with each other, it shouldn't make a big difference. Obviously you, you want to have one who is like in, in the lead from a project management perspective. Um, if you do EC plus X, then my natural choice would be that the E C partner is doing project management because that's also the the hinge everything else is is connecting to. Um but that's of course asking a lot from um, from the customer to not only find capable partners and partners fitting their culture, but then also find out whether they can work with each other. Um, I mean, the easiest proof is if they have worked together somewhere else and they have a shared reference. Um, but I think what, what uh, the natural instinct of many customers is then, okay, we have one big partner who claims to can do everything, and even if they can't, then they they pull others in, but they insist on having them in, at subcontractors. They say we can't work with the zoo of implementation partners. If you want X, Y, Z boutique consulting from around the corner to do performance and goals for you, they have to subcontract for us. I would never, ever, as a customer, accept this. Mm-hmm. If I go to a restaurant and say, I only want your main course, and I go somewhere else to eat. To eat my dessert and then they tell me no if you eat your main course here we will chain you to the table unless you you take your dessert here as well Mm -hmm. i I certainly would never go and eat there again but this is what kind of some partners try to do that to me indicates they can't collaborate Um, if they insist on having the others as subcontractors it means they want to dominate them and then probably somehow squeeze them out or put 50% margin on it, which is also not in the customer's interest. Mm-hmm. If the customer says from a procurement point of view, I want one uh, partner to contract with because our procurement department builds us a hell of a lot for every uh, vendor. We ask them to put onto our system. I don't understand that logic if they use a modern <laughs> okay. system. Exactly. But if, if this is if this is your policy, then understand this. Let's Customer king, if the customer says, "I'd rather have you subcontract to that other partner," then fine. But if the partner says, "I, I refuse to work with another partner unless they subcontract to us, then something's fishy. Sure. To me, that says they can't really collaborate. Um, yeah, but I think important is that, that you have somebody in the project management position who has proven that they are man- able to manage the full- suite project. So, if your EC partner is taking the project management, then um, you should make sure that the project manager, the individual, not the company, has seen the other modules as a project manager too. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you know i as as you were talking, what came to my mind was uh, you should, as a customer, push for transparency from your consulting firms. Um, you know so that if if they're subcontracting resources in, for example, you know you, you talked about how maybe procurement wants you to have a contract with one firm but you want that firm to go source from multiple other people you know to bring in the best or to bring in you know the diversity that you need I don't think there's anything wrong in having transparency um, from the consulting firm to the customer to say we're getting you know this boutique consulting firm because they're excellent with performance and goals and um Here's what we're charging you. here's the rate that they're charging, so you can see we're not having a tremendous markup and trying to to milk more profit out of the contract and also just to know you know who is a contractor and who's an employee i I think there's nothing wrong with having that sort of transparency um, i think if in general, if a consulting firm um doesn't want to do things like that or they don't want to allow other uh, contractors in for, you know, special circumstances, then it, to me, it demonstrates a real lack of confidence in, in their ability to, um, be able to perform and, and meet your requirements. Um, transparency and performance, I think often go hand in hand and, uh, likewise lack of transparency, lack of transparency and lack of performance, I think go hand in hand too. I've, that's a common theme that I've seen. Um, So, Martin, I'm curious, you know, what's your perspective on this? You've worked closely with a a lot of different firms over the years. So um, what would be your advice?
2: Well, um, a lot has been already said, so I will not duplicate my thoughts on those topics. But uh, I agree that you have to actually have a mutual agreement or understanding on who is who and who is doing what. And the problem is nowadays, we also have a multiplication of uh, people like us freelancing. So we might come. Up with a banner, you know, as as uh, you know, uh, supplier A, B, or C, but in fact, we are between brackets for electrons. So the customer does not necessarily know that. So it's important to focus on what matters: the deliverables and the profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, like most of us, a firm believer in the human resources. So the the link, the connection that you have with the customer for a long-term relationship is also very crucial, so that the deliverables can be uh, delivered on time and meet the requirements. Um, so the screening of the profile will be very, very important, crucial, I would say, because most of the time customers are signing a blank check. So that means that they actually delegate to a customer, a uh, supplier for searching what they call talents. And at the end of the day, they end up maybe, if not with juniors, people who have maybe a lack of experience on some of different areas. So my advice would be check those profiles, check the relationship that you would have because, At the end of the day, regardless of the sticker that you have on the back, you're all on the same boat all at once. And check also the uh, requirements along with the, uh, let's say, deliverables that you would like to achieve. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like uh, recently the methodology, for instance, that we use the Agile. So we actually create sprints. So rather that, you know, back in the good old days where we were waiting like one year before we were going live, We have those kind of springs, those kind of milestones. So we have baby deliver, um, let's say baby uh, deliverables that come our ways.
0: Hmm. Amy, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about because I mean, you you brought it up. I'm kind of coming back full circle to where you started. Um, And you talked about, I think, in my words, make sure that the culture fits. Right. Make sure that there's a a good fit between your company and the culture of the consulting firm. I'm, mm-hmm. curi- I'm curious. Do you have any recommendations or ideas on how companies can do that? Um, because, you know, until you sort of, you know, so- sort of like until you have the first, second, and third date, you don't know if you're much of a fit or not, sure. right?
1: Sure. <clears throat> well, you know, I think a lot of it is um, it's you can get a feel for how things go. I think get, by, get beyond the salespeople. Right, not to to disparage salespeople. They're, we love them and they're necessary. But, you know, get to the people, as soon as you can get to the people who actually are responsible for delivering the work. Right, so get to the services folks, um, talk with them about their approach and really, you know, ask detailed questions. And I don't think that a lot of customers actually interview their um, prospective partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we spend a lot, you know, we're in HR, we spend a lot of time um interviewing people that we hire as employees, but I you know, I don't think that customers really spend a lot of time putting their um potential partners through the same process. Um and, and I think that's where a lot of times they um they sell themselves short. So, you know, under you know, really Get to those services, folks. Have those conversations, and then leverage the customer community. Um, you know, get involved with um, a local group and ask other customers their experiences with you know partners, and say, hey, you know, hey, this is how we like to work. You know, who have you guys worked with, and give me your um, your feeling about that. Less than like formal references, because let's face it um a partner isn't going to give you a reference that isn't going to say good things about them yeah for sure so you know do your own reference checking and do it ahead of time and you know kind of um investigate um you know partners that are out there and that maybe you wouldn't normally um, think of Mm -hmm. and then you know i think the other thing is a lot of um, customers just go with you know the recommendations of their SAP salesperson. Mm-hmm. Again, do your own research, right? So again, they're gonna they're gonna bring you partners that um, they work with all the time, and that the and that they know can deliver the work, right? But um,
3: not not a bad thing necessarily. Not, not a bad doesn't thing. mean it's also a fit.
1: Exactly, either. exactly.
3: Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to pick up on on the interview thing. I mean. It makes sense to try to get to know the delivery team, but let's let's be fair. Uh, interviews are not even proven to be effective in any shape or form in in recruiting. Um, I think they, they usually rank as the worst recruiting tool uh, out, out there. So mm-hmm. I mean, but I'd rather say have have a mini workshop with them. Ask them uh, to to help you with their decision-making and what, how would you solve this problem to some kind of workshop uh, or maybe you have a bigger topic you want to get solved and say, okay, let's uh, let's pay them for a two-day workshop to get to know them and get something out of it too. But at least mm-hmm. it's afterwards, you, if they are not good, you pay two days for something not good rather than 50 or 200, or depending what it is. But I think I've, mm-hmm. I've seen that from from customers more in the past than recently or like in in the 90s and early notice we, we often had that, that customers asked us to uh to a, a real workshop real work with them um before they make the decision for the big project mm-hmm.
2: um i fully agree so uh we had this several times i had this several times on projects so we basically had the uh, connection between the team so they wanted to see how the team would actually work as a one man's army and see how the connection between project management individual developer will actually take place and uh, it's not unusual to be isolated in some of the uh, let's say remote forest so that we can really focus on some key deliverables to do some uh, kind of uh, games, you know, everybody plays a role and see how we could actually decrease maybe the tension that will arise during the project. So this is actually a very mm-hmm. good thing to go to, to do uh, before uh, beforehand, and also to achieve something. So some tangible deliverables, so that we can demonstrate that we will successfully deliver something.
0: Sure, yeah, sort of like a try before you buy. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, I think that that's great advice. Um, one thing that I w- wanted to pick up on is, I think Amy was talking about how you know w- we work in the HR space, and you know so. A lot of the HR teams are familiar with interviewing, right? That's one of the things that we do. Um, And I think you need to interview each consultant that's going to be on your project. Um, Just because your firm says, I'm going to put Joe on this, uh, he's going to be doing data migration. Joe's going to lead that team. Mm, Good, okay. But let me interview Joe. Let me make sure that Joe fits with us. Let me make sure that Joe knows what he's doing. Maybe you bring in a third-party expert to help with the interview, which I think is a great idea. Um, I know that all of us would, you know, on this call have done things like that. And uh, I think that it pays off to do that. So, yeah, so put some time into to interview Joe like you might be hiring Joe. But the converse of it isn't necessarily true either. You don't have to build a big case to fire Joe if Joe turns out to be abrasive or doesn't work well in teams or uh, doesn't get things done on time or just generally isn't meeting your expectations, um, you don't have the time to put him on a performance improvement plan, monitor progress for six or nine months, and then make a decision to fire him. And you can just, you can tell your partner Joe's not working out. I want someone else. And I think that too often, uh, Customers don't realize that they, they do have that power. And, you know, Joe's a good person, but maybe not right for your project. And there's a lot of other people out there just as good as Joe who can step in and take over. Um, and just because it's midstream in the project doesn't mean that it's a bad decision. Um, all of us consultants have come into projects in the middle. And after a couple of weeks, you're up to speed and, and you can get it done because, you know, this is what we do. We do projects, and we've done this over and over before, so we kind of know how to jump in and get things started. So, you know, don't be shy about firing your consultants if needed, because um, everyone's replaceable. You know, one thing that uh, we'd be remiss to not mention in this is Raven Intel. Um, we've had uh, Raven Intel on a podcast in the past, and you know their site I think is gaining traction, RavenIntel.com. Um, basically, a, a Yelp for consultant reviews for this uh, space in our industry. Um, I think it's great to go check out the reviews there. So, you know, if uh, if a consulting uh, firm is, you know, trying to get your business, go look them up on Raven Intel. Um, they're very much based in data and science, and um, you know, my experience is that they do a great job and provide a great service so you know don't be shy about reach, reaching out to raven intel look at the site contact them and um, you know, have them help with with your process also i think that there's some some great value that they can add to the to the search um, you know one of the things that we didn't talk a lot about at this point i think we did a little bit but as far as managing your consulting firm through the process um, again i think it's I think it's generally a mistake to sit back and and let the consulting firm do everything uh to make the decisions to call the shots to even to you know have sole ownership of a project plan. Um I think that you know this is uh this is the customer's project, this is the customer's money and I think that the customer is is well suited to help manage the project. Um you know no one knows your internal culture like you do. No one knows um, how to get things done like you do. So um, my advice to customers is uh, I think it makes sense to create uh, a project manager on the customer side who has equal level and responsibility as as the consulting customer, excuse me, as the consulting project manager. Um, Maybe even sort of mirror that, that structure, um, because it's going to help increase accountability. It's also going to help get things done because you know how to you know you know your company better than any consultancy does. And yeah, you haven't done projects like this as as often, but um, I think that you have a better handle on how to get things done. So Sven, what what additional uh, tips would you have for customers in actually you know managing? the consulting firms as the project goes along?
3: Well, I guess we we all agree very much on the, the customer needs to be involved, right? You can't just say, go and I come back in four months, six months time and see what you've done. So the, the core project management, that's something I've seen working very well. Um, just the, the commoner, if, if the core project manager from the customer side is a contractor who just starts on the same day the project starts, you do obviously lose that element. Steve, you mentioned you, you need to to know the organization. You bring the knowledge of the organization, the culture, and so on. So if if that uh, if that is the only way you can resource that, then this person would still have to have somebody internal to uh, help them out with that. So I have a kind of a a team, a co co manager um, to mm-hmm. to run it. Um, so again, if you don't have any resources, then don't start the project. It's, it's simple as said, you can't just give it away completely. The other thing I was saying, if you select an implementation partner, you probably have discussed the implementation methodology with them. You have discussed the timeline with them and you select them because you trust their judgment. So I think once that has happened, uh, don't try to, to force the, the implementation partner to change to a different implementation methodology or tell them that actually the project now needs to be delivered in four rather than six months' time, otherwise they are fired. Um, mm-hmm. You you get these people on and pay a lot of money because of their experience. So once you think that's the right partner to work with, well you should actually make use of what you paid for and 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 not then try to know their job better so i think it's a there's a balance between being involved and then trying to take the consultant's job over as well it's uh, i think quite important you see both extremes sometimes mhm
0: yeah for sure yeah and as it happens you know most of the time when you're at one extreme or another you'll have you'll have difficulties So Martin, I'm going to give you the last word on this um, because you have tons and tons of experience working with lots of different projects. Um,
2: Just like you guys. Um, I would say, again, it's teamwork. The teamwork is the hashtag you should be using. So of course, you want to take the uh, most out of your consulting uh, partners because you want to make sure that you have a successful delivery. But there's also another aspect not to be neglected, which is the end over. So you want to make sure that your internal resources First of all, are available because most of the time we just think that they could uh, carry on the daily businesses and uh, and do the project. No, they have to be dedicated to the task force. And you must make sure that during the process at all time, they have their hands on also with the partner uh, so that they can actually get the knowledge transfer so that you can secure the long run, you know, the uh, care uh, phase uh, right after the go live. So the uh, teamwork is really the main emphasis I would uh, focus on as we go along with the project and the deliverables.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. The The whole handoff at the end, um, you know, it, it's, it's just not realistic to, you know, two weeks after cutover that you won't need any of the consulting help. It does take a while to do the handoff. Um, of course, you would prepare and do it. I think what you're saying, Martin, is throughout the whole project, which I think is a smart thing, but also, you know, don't, Don't expect your partner to go away two weeks after the end of the project and and never have to see them or talk with them again. It's just, it doesn't work that way.
2: That's correct. Plus, a lot of things have been postponed to phase two, phase three, because we were actually, you know, pressed by time. So uh, it's really yeah. a long term vision i mean a long term vision you need to have some kind of mission statement, and you need to secure all those different parameters. The one that I prefer the most, of course, is the knowledge transfer, so it's the learning curve from uh, both parties. We get to learn the customer, the customer gets to know you know gets to learn how the system works and how we actually you know make it happen for them. So how do we actually uh, mm-hmm. adjust it or make the process work? teamwork
0: yep. Teamwork, man. That's it. That's how it gets done. All right. Well, uh, Amy and Sven and Martin, thanks. Thanks for your time. On your time. And I think, you know, I'm just. We could have. We could go on for another hour on this too. I think. Uh, you know, I don't want to give people the impression these are the only things. I think these are the major things to look for when you're selecting a partner and managing that partner through the implementation. Thanks for listening to this edition of the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. You can find this and all the other podcasts, as well as information on the podcast team, at insightcp.com insights. And you can leave us a comment there. Let us know what you liked, disliked, agreed, or disagreed with. If you have ideas for upcoming podcast episodes, let us know that too. You can also subscribe to the podcast on most every podcast platform out there. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and so on. So stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more fun, exciting, and suspense-filled SAP HCM Insights podcasts.